This episode is brought to you by Element Electrolytes. Now, Andrew, have you tried Element's new flavor? I actually have not tried it yet. And I'm excited. I want to try it because I hear nothing but good things. However, what has been your experience? Uh, dude, number one, I gave you two packs of it, so I'm kind of disappointed in you for not having tried it. <laughs> um, so get that in your mouth today. But Ooh. dude, oh my God. It's okay. So my former flavor, best flavor was orange. Before that, it was raspberry. Mm-hmm. Uh, watermelon by far is my favorite flavor. Really? Like it, it, with, in, in my next purchase of element i'm getting nothing but watermelon boxes Heck yeah. make jokes guys um but either way <laughs> it is so good it tastes like um it tastes like sour patch kids oh but like not too sour where like you drink it and you're like <laughs> you know you do that thing it's so good Element, yeah. they, they killed it with this one awesome i'm gonna have to check it out um look i have two right here no joke he did give me two mm-hmm. um if you guys want to take advantage of this you guys can head over to drink lmnt.com slash power project pick up a value bundle that's buying three boxes and then you get a fourth one free uh if you can be like uh or you can be like in sema grab all four watermelon flavors or you can get a variety of all the other ones i've been having chocolate uh every single night it's like my little like before bedtime snack and it keeps me hydrated throughout the entire night again that's at drink lmnt.com slash power project head over there right now yeah i think that's that's just a total hypothetical let's say that your your background has Mm -hmm. sacramento Mm -hmm. you know uh my background has some cool powerlifting thing or my invention of the slingshot and sema's background has Whatever he wants to associate mm-hmm. with Nigeria, jujitsu, whatever. Big you know old what penis, I mean? big old giant <laughs> black dong swinging around. <laughs> what is that in the background? <laughs> nah, it can't be a giant black cock. I mean, they would. <laughs> no, that's a giant. I think it's yeah, it's, it's a giant black. Thing. And then he would turn around and be like, "That's just a nor- That's normal. It's a that's, torpedo. That's just oh, what yeah. I, that's just." what i have that's what life, i'm working with life size yeah that's one hell of a way to start off saturday school mm-hmm. oh shit <laughs> yeah i Sorry. guess we can start there i thought we were talking about nutrition yeah talking about dicks well i mean well, animal protein yeah, that's right yeah that's one animal good enough there. for paul saladino good enough for me right I, maybe not me but th- that's all you but yeah dude it's been a while again since we've done saturday school mm-hmm. i think the last time time to repop that cherry can it be repopped? What I mean, born again? Can it fresh be fresh cherry? I don't can know. it be some other type of fruit? <laughs> yeah, why is it always got to be a cherry? I don't know. I never got that talk, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Know. I don't know what's going on either. Anyway, I think uh, today would be good. You were talking about uh, us just kind of kicking it and talking about nutrition. I just wanted to throw something out there real quick before we got into going back and forth on some of the uh, topics that you have for today. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of just, I fell upon this a couple of years ago um, when I was writing the war on carbs. And I remember like just hearing so many people say there's no cookie cutter program out there for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I have to disagree with that. Look, man, three sets of 10 in the gym of different exercises would work great for everybody. And it would certainly work a lot better than zero sets of zero. <laughs> So three sets of 10 of bench, squat, deadlift, and various movements would be fantastic for anybody to implement into their lifestyle. Um, people abstaining from eating large amounts of processed foods, that would be good universally. Uh, somebody getting on a ketogenic diet would be good universally. Somebody being uh, Somebody going on a carnivore diet would be good 
universally. Yes, there's some exceptions. There's some people that don't have a gallbladder that might struggle with uh, eating large amounts of fat. There are people who have been, been bit by a lone star tick and have meat allergens, right? So, of course, there's always exceptions to the rule, but I'm talking about in general. And in general, most people could really truly benefit from just having better health practices all around. So I believe that there are cookie cutter programs. I think here's the ultimate cookie cutter program, which you shouldn't have a cookie cutter program for dieting because then it makes you think about cookies and you're like, when do I get this cookie? But anyway, uh, what I stumbled upon was something really, really super duper simple. You go with one gram of protein per pound of body weight. So if you weighed 200 pounds, you would have 200 grams of protein. Then we would go half that amount in grams of fat and half that amount in grams of protein. So now if you weigh 200 pounds, we're jumping down to 100 grams of carbohydrates and 100 grams of fat per day with 200 grams of protein. Now you can write that out and I believe it comes out to be close to 2000 calories and that should be a good starting position for you. Um, If you weighed 300 pounds, you might do something similar. Uh, You might go 300 grams of protein, 150 grams of fat, and 150 grams of carbs. Now, look, it's not foolproof. It's not going to automatically work for everyone right away, uh, but it's a great starting position to go from, and you might have to just vary it a little bit. So maybe lower your fat calories a bit, maybe lower your carbohydrate calories a little bit, just modify it and make sure you weigh yourself. I think weighing yourself every day, every other day. If you have trouble with weighing yourself and it causes a lot of problems, maybe you weigh yourself a little less frequently, but ultimately I think weighing yourself is a good idea. It's a good way to kind of, uh, a good way to kind of track any sort of progress you have. So anybody that's really confused about all this, walk, lift, figure out some ways to have fun every day, figure out ways of getting some deep, decent sleep. And when it comes to your calories, figure out ways to not overeat. One of the number one ways to not overeat is to start to get rid of processed foods. Processed foods can lead to overeating. So limit them. Then you might want to incorporate something like protein leveraging. You may want to incorporate having some things in your diet that are maybe not necessarily considered to be that healthy, but are kind of on this weird borderline, such as utilizing artificial sweeteners which you might find in your protein powder. You might find that in your Coke Zero. Um, You might find that in your chewing gum. But chewing gum, Coke Zero, and your protein shake are all things that are not offenders, in my opinion, of you gaining any more body fat. And we're really just trying to figure out how can we get through every single day without over-consuming energy. I believe the two main energy sources to focus on are carbohydrates and fats. In terms of protein, Protein is pretty stagnant in terms of you're just going to go about approximately one gram per pound of body weight, give or take some here or there, depending on body fat percentages and how big you are versus how small you're trying to get versus how big you're trying to get and so forth. But anyway, that's that for that. Let's kick this thing off and let's get this thing rolling, huh, Andrew? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you kind of kicked it off very well because what I wanted to start with was just like uh, nutrition education, period. You know, um, you had mentioned you were on a, a flight recently and you kind of gave a little mini seminar mm-hmm. and, um, it's just, it's still baffling to me, you know, cause I'm still figuring stuff out as well. But like, wh- 
I mean, you you said, well, I think nutrition science is kind of like really far behind in regards to everything in general. Like other things are researched so well, and yet we're still like, we can't get this information out there. Um, so yeah, in, in my head, we're talking right now to, to those same people on that airplane, you know, in regards mm-hmm. to like, like, what about the, you know, South Beach diet? Like what, what's going on with that? Um, but you brought, you did bring up artificial sweeteners and you know, we can find a study that's going to, you know, uh, agree or disagree with any argument. But somebody that we both look up to, Ron Penna, said, like, no, you should, you guys should be taking in all the artificial sweeteners <laughs> that you can. And I've had this, like, I guess, ideology where I didn't want to uh, welcome soda, that's the main one, into my household. Like, that's just, that's what? Like, no way am I going to have, you know, my kids drink this sugary drink. No way am I going to have this. And then I seen Coke Zero and I'm like, okay, like it probably, who knows what it tastes like. It probably tastes great. What's in it? Okay. It's got artificial sweeteners, but it's got zero calories. Mm. Like I'm so conflicted. Right. But then I tried it and I liked it and I've been having a lot of success with it. I've, I've put it on my Instagram and I've had numerous uh, DMs from people saying like that has solved my sweet tooth Mm. because of Coke Zero. I'm now able to have dinner and not want to grab something else extra. But yet the soccer moms and stuff, they freak out when they see artificial sweeteners. And I I haven't really heard you talk too much about artificial sweeteners, but what's, you know, what's your stance or like, what's your uh, advice when somebody is looking to, you know, slim up, drop some pounds and um, maybe they're like, well, shit, maybe I should look towards these uh, zero calorie drinks. There are many, many levels to uh, trying to be healthier and being healthy. And uh, people usually don't start out um, getting organic, grass-fed, raw this and raw that right off the bat, right? Like, it usually takes some steps. And the more that you learn about food, maybe the more that you value food, and maybe you're like, you know what? It just is helpful for me to invest and spend a little bit more money and a little bit more time getting what I believe is the best possible foods for my system. However... The main thing that we're trying to combat for for most people, not for every single person, because not everyone struggles with this, but a large percentage of the United States and a large percentage of the world is over fat. How do we get fat? How do we become fatter? Our Coke Zeros are not doing that to us. Our Coke Zeros are not making us fatter. Diet Pepsi is not making us fatter. Now, what you could assume is you could say, look, I see a lot of fat people like they're real big and they always have a diet soda, right? We could say the flip side of that and can say, look, man, the guys that are really lean in the gym, all I ever see them doing is lifting weights. They don't do any cardio. That does not mean that cardio is useless. That does not mean that the only way to get lean is through lifting weights. So a lot of times we're seeing a lot of these things or hearing a lot of these things from people that we would consider to be experts or people that maybe they're not a doctor, but maybe they look like our boy in SEMA. Maybe they look incredible, right? They, they have an con- incredible physique. And sometimes that can be confusing because sometimes people like that are like, I don't know, man, I don't pay too much. And SEMA is very diligent about his nutrition, but there are people that aren't and they're still very lean. So it leaves us to be very confused a lot of times. When it comes to artificial sweeteners, what I would say is no calories, no harm. That's something I heard from uh, Greg Doucette. I'm not sure if he took it from somewhere else, but I would have to agree with that because if we go from the top down, the top, the top thing to worry about for most Americans and most people in general 
is the overconsumption of energy. The overconsumption of energy is going to the overconsumption of calories. We can call it that. Is that is going to be the number one reason for your weight gain. We're taking in too much and we are putting out too little. And over a period of time, we're going to have an accumulation of body fat. The accumulation of body fat, ironically enough, is what allows our body to hold on to more pollutants. And that gets us to our next phase of the number one thing you would probably want to focus on in terms of your health would be, um, well, let me figure out a way to be less fat. (laughs) Let me think about a way to, to have my brain be less fat in terms of thinking about food nonstop. And there's a lot of different ways to shut some of that down and shut some of that up. Let me think of a bunch of different ways that's going to allow me to get through each and every day without being in a caloric surplus. That can mean chewing gum. That can mean soda, the diet sodas, uh, crystal light, um, all kinds of variations of, of different things. Jello has like 10 calories. It usually uh, has artificial sweeteners in there. Um, protein powders, all these things can be super effective towards us um, maintaining a, a healthy body. But if we continue to gain body fat every day and we continue to get bigger because we are making poor decisions with our nutrition every day and we end up in this caloric surplus, we will gain body fat. When you gain body fat, you now open your body up to other harmful diseases, illnesses, um, and all kinds of other things such as pollutants like um, these like uh, xenoestrogens and all these different things that we hear so much about. You know, how the crops are treated, um, these plastics and all these things that people make such a big deal about. I don't think that they're not a big deal, but I think that they're a bigger deal when you're 400 pounds. Uh, one of the best ways to detoxify your body is to lose body fat. So you hear people talking about, I'm going on a cleanse, I'm going on a detox. The best way to do that would be to lose body fat because most of the research that I've heard of, keep in mind, I'm not a researcher, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a professional bodybuilder, I'm not a professional of really much of anything. I'm just somebody who's been around for a long time and rubbed elbows with a lot of great people and have heard a lot of great things when it comes to nutrition and I try to my best to absorb these things and then relay them out to you. I'm not always 100% correct, but As far as the information I have, this is where those xenoestrogens and some of these things will sit is in our fat cells. Mm -hmm. So if we have an ability to lose that body fat, so that's kind of the hierarchy. And yes, would it be healthier if you went with, you know, uh, the omega-3 eggs (laughs) and if you stayed away from uh, uh, artificial sweeteners, aspartame, sucralose, and uh, all these different things, would it be helpful? Maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe there's somebody out there saying, look, man, I got a lot of research on the gut microbiome and that is destroying you and that's not great. What I would say is get things in order first. Don't be fat. (laughs) Figure out a way to be less fat. And when I say don't be fat, I feel like I can say that because my entire family has been fat. I've been fat before. So I'm not saying it in a demeaning way. I'm saying it in a way that you can understand it the best because I think sometimes like, hey, man, you need to try to be skinny. You don't need to try to be something that you're not, but also you don't need to blatantly be way overweight. And that could be different for you. You could simply just go from, can you get from 270 to 250? You know what I mean? Like, come on, dude. Like we, you can get there. I'm not, I'm not fat shaming you. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. 
but you know in your heart that you could lose 20 pounds. You know in your heart you could lose 20, 30 pounds. A lot of times, once you get momentum towards losing some of that weight, you're encouraged and inspired and you're like, you know what? If I'm being honest, I probably need to lose another 20. But if you're 40 pounds less than you have been before and you just ride out the rest of your life that way, I still think that's a great choice. A lot of the research shows that when you lose about 10% of your body fat, that you end up getting a lot of great health benefits from that. We see a lot of people, uh, I think, thinking that they need to lose 100 pounds or 80 pounds. But if you weigh 300, we're just asking you to get down to 270, you know? And uh, what I would like to see for people is for people to feel better, not just feel better in their day-to-day and sleep better and so on, But I'd love for people to feel just a little ounce of the things that I have felt from training. This is why I'm so excited about it from training and from and from some nutrition. And in my experience, I have not noticed personally anything harmful from artificial sweeteners. Now, let me just kind of finish by saying, like, of course, anything could be harmful if we're talking about dosage. You know, if we're talking about, you know, drinking 15 Coke Zeros every day. It's probably not, you know, you should probably drink some water. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like two or three every day, probably not a huge problem. If you're not responding well to caffeine, maybe you need to like, you know, find some caffeine free ones or maybe you need to wean yourself away from it. But I still don't think it's that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's as connected to cancer and all these different things that people want to associate it with. The number one thing that you can do for yourself if you struggle with this particular thing is to work on your body fat percentage, bringing your body fat down. Once that's down, now we can start to make other decisions if we feel like it would be wise for us to only drink water. But like, look, man, everything is polluted. Everything is polluted. You can make an argument that the water that's in the Coke Zero is healthier for you than what's in your Fiji water or than what's in your Dasani or whatever. I would say that that like, that would not surprise me at all. If I think Coke owns Dasani, like it wouldn't surprise me at all if they cared more about the water that they use for their Coke more so than they care about the regular drinking water that they sell. Like it would, that wouldn't shock me. So that's my stance on that. Like if you find things that have artificial sweeteners that don't have a lot of calories in it, I say go for it if it can be utilized to assist you to keep your weight down. Yeah. So in summation, um, you would you would say being overweight is more harmful than sucralose, aspartame, artificial sweeteners. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm not talking about like, there's also some proof. <laughs> this is where things get really confusing. There's also some proof that being overweight is heart protective in some way. Mm. Which shit, man, now, now we're really confused. But I think we all know what we're talking about, like over, like over fat, like you have excess. I'm not talking about you got a little spare tire. I'm not talking about you, you held on to a little bit of weight from college or even from the pandemic. Like, I'm not really talking about that kind of thing. Um, But what I am talking about is, is as you're an adult, you're now 30, 40, 50, 60 pounds heavier than you were when you were 18 or 19. Now, if you were really thin, like the, you know, now we're kind of talking about some different stuff, but in general, <laughs> if you start to really get that distance and a good way for men, sorry, ladies, I don't have a, a stat for you, but a good way for men, if your waistline is measuring, you know, 40 or above, 
it's just time that it's just time to make some changes. It's mm-hmm. time to tighten that up a bit and see if I'm not asking you to turn that into a 34 waist, but can we keep it under 40? Let's mm-hmm. keep it under 40 for as long as we can. Maybe even make it a goal as you become 40 or 50 to get it down to 39, 38, just like whatever you, whatever you think you can handle. Mm-hmm. So you, we've mentioned, um, zero calorie, you mentioned some low calorie dense foods, um, how can somebody enter this amazing world of a calorie deficit? And is that even the goal, you know, when it comes to their diet? I think the leveraging of protein is huge. Protein versus energy. This is a, a book that's written by Ted Neiman. It's called P, it's called the PED diet, I believe. And he talks often about P versus E, protein versus energy. Ted is of the belief that protein is not a great energy source for human beings. And so protein, while it's not a freebie, perhaps it is almost a freebie. And so how do we, how can we eat less in a day? How can we be less fat? Let me go over three ways that I think you can be less fat (laughs) or three ways that you can end up eating less um, and controlling your overall energy balance, controlling not allowing yourself to overeat every single day. This is, in my opinion, the simplest way. We got protein would be at the, the high, that would be the kind of hierarchy of needs there. Protein forward, um, make protein the priority. If you don't like meat, then it does, that does not have to be a huge problem for you, but I still would suggest finding sources of protein and keeping protein as your main, as your main source. The reason is, is that protein can fill us up. Protein can help satiate us. I've done another podcast previously on protein leveraging. I believe it was a Saturday school that was done early on. You could check out that episode and listen to that and you'll get a lot of great information from that. But protein can be satiating. It can help with cravings. It can help keep our hunger at bay and it can help you overall to gain uh, control over your diet. The next thing that we'd have uh, in there to keep you from overeating every day would be exercise because exercise is going to help you with some sort of energy balance, protein and exercise. And then the third thing would be fiber. So we just did three things. The, uh, the training obviously is not part of the food, but we have protein and we have fiber. Those are two things that we can eat um, in large amounts. Won't really have a negative cost for what we're trying to do every day. Uh, And these are all things that will fill us up. These are all things that will satiate us. Human beings are in search of a specific amount of protein every day. How much protein? I don't really know. That's why I always just say one. I don't think anybody really truly knows. Um, I know that you can get along just fine without one gram per pound of body weight, but you have to eat something. And so eating, eating, uh, Eating a good amount of protein every single day, one gram per pound of body weight is usually where I recommend that people start. And then in terms of fiber, maybe you have two or three servings of vegetables a day. If you feel like you digest vegetables, you know, keep in a, a decent amount of them to help keep you full. Um, I personally don't eat a lot of vegetables. I'll eat them maybe once a day, once every other day. I'm just not a, I just personally don't love them. And I personally don't think that I I really need them. You could disagree with that. That's totally fine. I'm open to that. Um, But exercise is going to help you control your energy because it's going to 
allow you to put out some energy. And in addition to that, it's going to keep you from eating. <laughs> so the great thing about training is that you're not going to be eating a bagel while you're training, mm -hmm. most likely. Or if you're, or if you're like me, uh, you know, <laughs> 10 years ago, maybe, yeah. maybe you would because you'd have a bench bagel, right? But in general, it, that's going to be something that's going to, uh, it's going to be an appetite suppressant in some ways. And sometimes after training, you're not even that hungry. Also, what I'd say with training, when it comes to lifting weights, remember lifting weights is like an insurance policy for our metabolism where it's going to really be beneficial to us in the future. We put a lot of energy into it at a particular moment and we don't see how it's going to reward us. Just like that money that comes out of your paycheck all the time towards insurance and it never seems to pay off. And then the one time you get hospitalized or a family member gets sick, it pays off big time. When those insurance bills come, right? Mm -hmm. When the holidays come is when your insurance policy is going to pay up. When, when uh, you know, grandma makes your favorite, whatever it is. And when aunt so-and-so makes these killer meatballs or whatever, you're going to be able to enjoy those things because now you have more muscle mass on your body and your metabolism is slightly changed. So putting on muscle mass is, is a huge component of all of this and what it will lead to is it will lead to you being able to burn more calories in the future. So I think most of that is fairly simple to understand. And then on top of that, just staying on top of some simple 10 minute walks every single day. It seems, it seems reasonable to me. I, it doesn't seem reasonable to me for people to um, have spent the amount of hours and time that I have in the gym. So I totally understand that part. But lifting weights two or three times a week sounds totally reasonable. I, I think every, I'm not even talking about necessarily lifting weights, but some form of resistance training. You could be lifting with bands. You could be lifting with your own body weight. Any of that was acceptable and any of that can be great. But something other, you know, more resistance than just like yoga, you know, take mm -hmm. something a little bit a step further than, than just that. And then the recommendations I made towards, uh, you know, eating more protein, the 10 minute walks. These are all things that everyone can do. So with a calorie deficit though, um, are people going to be hungrier? Yeah. So you have to be careful with a caloric deficit. And this is why I personally don't like to count calories. Um, because they, because they will not only will they, not only can they lead to you being more hungry, they can also lead you to be less than what you normally are because you're maybe not at an optimal amount of calories every day mm -hmm. um i think the main thing to get used to whenever you're switching to a diet and if you're going to consider some of the things we're talking about today the main thing is to get used to the food get used to the get used to these foods get used to again you can kind of pick your protein but i'm a fan of meat and then beyond meat i would go with uh maybe some vegetables and then fruit and or starchy carbohydrates and that would that's your list that's your maybe some dairy maybe some cheese if you can handle milk that might be okay some yogurt cottage cheese things like that but that's get used to those foods because it's very difficult just off of those foods alone to make yourself fat unless you start getting creative with it mm -hmm. and you start mixing a lot of eggs as well start mixing a lot of things together Watch out for fat calories because they can, they can just 
jump up there real quick. If you make a big omelet and you throw bacon and cheese in there, mm-hmm. you might be dealing with 50, 60 grams of fat. That might not be a desired thing for you. If you do that three, four, five times a day, that might, <laughs> that might be a, a really huge amount of calories. But in my opinion, a great way to, a great place to start with calories is to go one gram per pound of body weight in terms of protein. And then do half that in your energy sources, which are carbs and fats. From there, you can start to make a decision. How am I feeling? What am I weighing? Am I heading in the right direction? Am I heading in the wrong direction? In my opinion, it would be odd for you to be heading in the wrong direction. But if you were, I would tweak either the carbs or the fat. Pick one or the other, not necessarily both. And uh and then kind of go from there and see, continue to see how you feel every day. You said meat and then you said beyond meat and then you went on. But I was like, he doesn't mean beyond meat, the actual like <laughs> artificial. Right. No, God, no. No. Uh, what about some of these? Um, I'm going to use the word extreme, although they're not extreme, but extreme diets, uh, carnivore diet, keto diet, vegan diet. Does somebody need to be super religious with their diet? Do they have to like, all right, Mark says I should probably go you know, low or uh, keep my calories in check. So I'm going to get rid of all my carbs. Therefore I'm going to go carnivore or I'm going to, you know, load up on fat, not worry about, you know, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Or of course, you know, vegetarian and vegan and just get rid of everything fun. I mean, (laughs) everything uh, useful. Uh, But yeah, does, yeah. Like what's, what's that all about? You know, like does somebody really have to like, that's it. As of today, I am now following a ketogenic diet. If you're just looking to lose some weight and uh, you're not in a competitive mode and you're not trying to have some physique that was way better than something you accomplished before, it's not anything in the bodybuilding or fitness realm, <clears throat> your nutrition should, should not feel that difficult. It really shouldn't be that difficult. We have to look, you have to solve the problem on the level at which it exists. Where is your problem? What is your weak point? Is it 7 p.m.? Is it 8 p.m. when um, you're at home with your wife and kids and, and you know, you're not around coworkers and friends and around people that know you as the lifter or the fitness guy in the family or whatever. And then next thing you know, you're rummaging through the cabinets. Uh, regardless of what you're eating, you're probably just eating something that you don't need at that point. Um, and you're probably maybe just haven't learned to trade things out you know, switch things out for something better is always a good place to start. But ultimately, switching things out for nothing is actually the place that you want to end up in for, for the most people. You don't want to end up with any sort of eating disorder. But like if you just ate dinner, you don't need anything else. I know that you might feel comforted, comforted from eating something else. But can you start to talk yourself into making better decisions? Can you say, you know what? Uh every Wednesday and Friday, I'm going to have something a little extra after dinner. Like, can you, you know, that now, now you're like, now that sounds more reasonable to me. Okay. Two days out of the week or three days out of the week. Um, you know, there's, there's seven days in the week. So if you can have more good days than, than bad days or, uh, more better days than you do days that aren't as good, uh, then you're headed in the right direction. That's a good start. But do you need to do it all the time? Does it have to be every night that you have a drink? Does it have to be every night? Alcohol is a huge thing that holds people back from their weight loss journey, 
for multiple reasons. Sometimes it's just excess calories, but a lot of times those drinks can lead to potentially lead to you eating foods that you're not supposed to. You kind of get like almost like the munchies sort of sometimes from drinking. So you just have to be, you just have to be really careful with the decisions that you're making. But what is like, if you really want to lose weight and you have a significant other roommate, whatever, and every night around eight, nine o'clock, you find yourself, you know, eating a bowl of ice cream. You have to tell somebody and you have to say, hey, you know, like you saw me going through those, you know, those uh, Ben and Jerry's ice creams the last couple days and weeks or whatever. I really, I need to, I need to cut that out. Can you help me with that? Now, ultimately, it's best to be able to control yourself and to not, not need anybody else's help, but it can be really helpful. Maybe that person's like, yeah, you know what? Me too. Maybe your significant other's like, yeah, I, I need to stop messing around with that bullshit too. So I'm in, you know, mm-hmm. let's, let's do this to finding somebody else to do it together with. Um, my wife is very, is, is pretty health conscious. So um, that's always really helpful for me. And I just think, you know, fi- like what are the triggers Are the triggers that you sit down and watch TV? Maybe you need to like not sit down and watch TV at that time. Or again, maybe you need to just do it less. Maybe you can go for a walk before you do it, or maybe you can make a better choice and maybe just have something that would be less harmful, like a protein shake, which is, which would primarily be just protein, no sugar and no extra calories and, and not a lot of fat. Mm-hmm. But that can be pretty scary though, right? Like, like, Hey, significant other, like I need help with, you know, this ice cream habit that I have when we watch movies or whatever. Cause you don't want to hear the answer of like, yeah, I'm going to help you. Cause you're like, well, I really want my, my damn ice cream, but it can be super helpful. Um, now this, this, this top or this question just kind of came to me right now and it might be a little controversial, but like, even when you go to the doctor and you fill out one of those forms, like, do you, have you had like anybody on your side of the family have cancer, uh, diabetes or whatever you hear that all the time? Like, Oh, diabetes runs, uh, it's hereditary in my family. And I don't know if you know anything about this, but is being overweight hereditary? There's obviously genetic components to everything. Um, I mean, there's there's definitely huge genetic components to things. I think some people are apt to store more fat in certain places than others. Um, but I do think I do think environmental is a huge is a huge factor. So you could have genetics um, that would lead you to be like beefier. Um, but what would really trigger that is poor nutrition. Um, I think for the most, when we're talking about people being like real, there's clinical things that can happen to people. There's clinical things that happen to children um, that are like, just they're only like 10, you know, and they're really, really, so I don't know much about some of that stuff. Like that to me doesn't make any sense. I'm like, there's just no way that some of these kids that have these problems are, maybe there is, I, again, I don't, I don't know a ton about it, but I have empathy towards that. And I don't want to try to tackle that particular uh, subject, but I do think we have genetic propensity for everything, like nearly everything, like motivation, um, intellect to a certain degree. I think that, we're all capable of learning a lot of the similar things, um, but maybe not at the same speed. Uh, but I do think that nutrition is a trigger for a lot of stuff, a trigger for disease, a trigger for um, 
being obese. Um, so mainly like when I say that, like my family, like I, my family has a history of being heavy. You'd also look at a lot of my family members and you'd be like, well, they're not nearly as fat as I thought you meant, you know, but a lot of it's because everyone has reeled it in because everyone has created a better environment for themselves. So there hasn't been anybody in my family that can't lose weight. Like they've all been able to lose weight. Even my mother who basically died from being obese, she was able to lose weight, you know, in times when she, when she needed to, um, she just had a really hard time from a, a mental standpoint of, of staying on point with that and being able to, uh, I guess you'd say like follow through with it. But for the most part, you know, if somebody, I, I think that a lot of times it's easy to blame something on your genetics, but I also would say that it's really rare to be like overly like way, way overweight just based on your genetics only. So I think that everyone can lose weight. Everyone can uh, be in better shape, how much better shape, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that could be, very heavily determined on your genetics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you nailed it, nailed it on the head. That's really what I wanted you to say is, you know, I have heard people's like, oh, well, my family's big. So like, that's just the way I'm going to be as well. And we've said it before on the show and uh, you said it and I've, you know, like uh, my family is Italian. So like whenever uh, I used to bring up like a lower carb style, they're like, how do you, you can't do that. We eat pasta. Like we don't have to eat. First of all, there's nothing wrong with pasta necessarily, but all the oil and we're cooking it like we're cooking the meatballs in a pot with tomato sauce and with sausage. And then we're mixing the, we're, it's so fucking <laughs> so good. Now. <laughs> yeah. And then we're eating garlic bread and then we're having Caesar salad with it, which people don't even recognize a lot of times their salad has 50 grams of fat. It's oh. like, you're done. 50 grams of fat. Yeah. Can't afford to do that. And, but here you are thinking that you made it a little bit better. Oh, I'll load up on a little bit more salad. And it's like, man, you're really screwing yourself over because you maybe just didn't realize the amount of calories. And I'm not saying that fat's bad for you either. It's just, there's just a lot of calories in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to be the change over uh, Easter weekend, uh, bring in a, just a shit ton of Coke Zeros and like the, uh, all the zero calorie uh, sodas. And nobody said a damn thing other than like the next day, my sister was like, dude, everyone really dug those and nobody could tell the difference. I was like, hell yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> you can surprise the shit out of people. You'd be shocked at how many uh, just really fucking good drinks there are and foods. Um, I like Zevias quite a bit. Not so much just their soda, but their the tea that they the have. The teas are really good. Yeah. They're freaking amazing. You bring those over to somebody's house, they'll, yes. they'll like blow their mind. And, and maybe they don't participate in drinking any of them. Maybe you drink them all. <laughs> yeah. Then you're set. You, um, you there's a... There's Chalk Zero products, which they make peanut butter cups, which I'm a huge peanut butter cup fan. They taste like fucking peanut butter cups. Mm-hmm. They're dead on. Those things are great. Mm-hmm. They don't, they're not absent of calories though. You know, you don't, there's no, <laughs> there's really not a lot of free rides except for when it comes to artificial sweeteners. It's kind of an amazing <laughs> thing. It's like, uh, man, it's, it's kind of, they're kind of a gift in some way. Mm-hmm. What I would be cautious of when it comes to artificial sweeteners is having them be a trigger for you. So for some people, they could potentially be a trigger, but if you, you should be smart enough, you should understand like what your triggers are. Is this going to lead you to being like, man, that I really loved having something sweet. I want to have some, I want to have the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Um, more recently, another company came out, I think it's just called Unreal, mm-hmm. and they make 
They make M&Ms. They make peanut butter cups. They make like a milk chocolate. They make a couple things that are like dark chocolate. Again, they're not, it's not free of calories, but it has less calories than most stuff. Mm-hmm. And go buy a couple bags of this shit and tell me that it doesn't taste good. Tastes right. fucking awesome. Yeah. So if you need to, if you need to, you know, kill a craving, like that's a great way, that's a great way to handle it. And another great way to handle a craving, if you don't have like diabetes or some sort of disease of some kind and you're not you're older and sick in some way, just go crush the shit out of your cravings. Go smash it. You know, you want pizza, take a note of it and say, you know what? But push, push the craving aside for at least a moment, like show some sort of mental toughness and maybe even think of a way that you can kind of earn it. Say like, you know what? I really, man, I'm really dying for some pizza. Don't fall for it on that Wednesday. Wait till that Saturday comes, you know, or wait a couple, as many days as you can. And then hammer as much pizza as you mm-hmm. can possibly eat. Hopefully the craving's gone for a week or two. And then hopefully you can revisit another one. The only thing you have to be worried about is usually when you wake up from those things, like the next day you have a little bit of like a carb hangover. Mm-hmm. And then your mind is still in the gutter, kind of. Your mind is still thinking dirty thoughts about your food. So you need to be really kind of careful and cautious that that next day. Um, the way I usually have done that is, the way I navigate that is, I would crush just a shit ton of cookies if I really, I don't really do this anymore. This took me like a decade to get past a lot of these things. But I used to just, I would just crush, I don't know, 20 cookies or something, right? And then the next day would be like kind of a gray area day where I would, if I felt like eating something, let's say like an English muffin or something, I would eat that in the morning, but I would still eat relatively healthy. I would just have some bullshit in my diet that normally wouldn't be there. The next day would be a little tighter. And by the time we got to day number three, I was kind of back on point and back on plan. What happened was, is after doing that for a pretty long time, I just got sick of it. I was like, this, all this stuff to kind of counteract that one day is just kind of dumb. So I'm just not going to do that anymore. So rather than doing that, I usually just try to have a more reasonable, if I'm going to cheat at all, I try to do something more reasonable. It's like I go out to eat with my wife. Um, we eat dinner. Maybe I eat some bread that they serve with the meal. Um, maybe I eat a couple things or just a little off plan. And it's like, there's like, I, I don't know, have a little bit of wine, but there's, hardly any harm at all like what did i do i i didn't go backwards but i just didn't move forward so if you're going to cheat a great way to look at it is how do i just make sure that i don't go backwards for a lot of people the only thing that they can do is continue on the plan because anything that they do that's a deviation from the plan throws them way off and so you have to understand who you are in order to continue to have diet success what do you think are a few things that people aren't um, even aware that are affecting their diet. Uh, one thing right there, I was just thinking of like, they're maybe trying to be too restrictive. Um, a couple other things that we talk about on the podcast all the time, they're not getting enough sleep. Therefore the next day they're, you know, crushing, you know, that Ben and Jerry's and there's like, what the heck? I thought I decided I was going to be on a diet, but things like that, that maybe people aren't really even considering when it comes to their diet. I'm not a big fan of like being like a fun seeker necessarily. Uh, but you are, I'm sorry, being like a happy seeker, you know, seeking happiness. Um, however, I do think it's a good idea to like, 
try to force some fun on yourself. You know, like you could, uh, you could feel sad, depressed, lonely, any of those things and play songs that match up with that. Or, or you can play some, uh, Sir Mix-A-Lot, Baby's Got Back <laughs> and be all fired up and think it's fun and funny. Um, you can get around other people that are, who, who makes you smile? You know, who makes you laugh? Text them. <laughs> Say, Hey, dickhead, you're a piece <laughs> of shit, you know, and see what they write back. Like, just how can you, the, the reason, the reason for that is that we're, we're, you deprive yourself of so much. Like if you're just on a carnivore diet, all you're doing is eating meat and you're waking up early and you're training and you're doing all this shit all the time. Your life becomes really monotonous and there's not, it's real like, Try to have more fun, try to have more love, try to have more. And the more that you can kind of give to other people, the more that you'll receive back. And the more that you receive back, the easier it is to manage stress and the more resilient and the stronger that you can be. Um, but a, a big area where I th think people fall off is they restrict their calories or they restrict their a particular macronutrient too harsh for too long. And they say, like, I'm on a keto diet, and this is the way it's going to be, and I'm not eating any carbs. But if you keep thinking about carbs all the time, you would just be best off just throwing some in there, here and there. Um, just, I don't know, pick a reasonable amount. And so it's not going to kill you to have 30 grams of carbs or 50 grams of carbs uh, here or there. But I think maybe what people are missing is the fact that I think your body works in a very delayed fashion. I think that when you find yourself with uh, Ben and Jerry's and Doritos and you having yourself a little cheat meal party, I think that you can look back a couple of days and see that you fucked yourself somewhere, <laughs> whether it be too much training, like you might've spent 90 minutes in the gym training on Saturday. And now here you are, you're screwed up with your diet on Tuesday. Um, you may have trained really hard for five days in a row. And you may have kind of overtrained, overstressed yourself, and now and now you're now you're just kind of paying the price for it because your body's like, hey, we don't we don't we don't like what you're doing, man. You're not giving us enough. And then all the stresses of life uh, really tidal wave your ass when you're already a little bit. Maybe you beat yourself up with something positive, with running, with lifting. Those are all great stresses, but to your body, it's all the same. It's just, you just abused the shit out of yourself. You didn't allow yourself to recover from anything. And now, now you have stress at work. You got stress with a relationship. You got stress here or there. And just, it's an awful place to be because you end up with, or it can be interpreted as an awful place to be because you end up with a lot of anxiety of like how you got into the spot. You're like, I thought I was doing stuff really good for myself. And now I'm really all these things have huge impact on our food choices. And so I would look back and, and try to, um, this is something that Hani Rambad teaches quite a bit. If you're new to this game and this is a big game of nutrition and fitness, then you need to learn how to play it as quickly as you possibly can. And I suggest that you write everything down that you can, everything that you can track, just track it. Like I, I've never been a huge fan of necessarily tracking calories but there was a point where i wrote down everything that i ate i wrote down every supplement that i took i wrote down every i still have the training logs from it i wrote down uh my best lifts i wrote down how much i used on a lat pull down i wrote how much i did with the tricep rope i wrote down how much i did with a hammer curl versus a regular curl and i just 
it seems like a lot of craziness and a lot of crazy work to do that. And I definitely can admit that I went in really, really far, but I also learned a lot. If you want to learn the quickest way, you don't have to ask me questions. You got to ask yourself a lot of questions. Is this the best way to do these things? Um, Write down the stuff and then see what your results are from that. And if you keep falling off the wagon, quote unquote, um, you need to get on a diet that there is where there isn't a wagon. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, you need to find a path that is maybe has less resistance to it. Cause like it, if you're trying to just lose 20 pounds and you're a hundred pounds overweight, the resistance to lose 20 pounds, while it may be very difficult to get momentum heading in the right direction, it should actually, when you look back at it and you did lose 20 pounds, normally when you ask those people, how'd you lose 20 pounds? You're making some great progress. Normally they're like, actually it was pretty easy. Mm -hmm. That's usually what they say. And a, a lot of it has to do with the fact that they, they went all in on it and they really tried to learn as quickly as they could talk to anybody that's lost a hundred pounds and you'll be shocked at how much information they know. You'd be like, holy shit. They got like a PhD in nutrition uh, with uh, skipping all the bullshit you got to go through <laughs> in school. Absolutely. So I guess the last thing I have, and if you have other stuff, please, uh, you know, go ahead and keep, keep going. But uh, something that you kind of started the episode with, which was like kind of where to get started, but somebody li- listening right now, like literally what's the next step for them? Like where, what, what step one is it? All right, turn turn this podcast off, go to the store and hit the grocery store. Is it watch the other Saturday school episodes where we talk about nutrition? Is it what, follow someone else on YouTube? Uh, write a list of goals. Is it write whatever diet they want to follow and then go study more on that? Uh, what should they do now? I think my suggestion would be that step one is to figure out a way to move. If you're not currently moving, um, walking a couple times a day for 10 minutes. I know some people have like foot problems and ankle problems and people that are heavy have like knee problems and just, it's not, it's, it's very, can be very difficult uh, for them. So maybe because of that, maybe you find something in the gym that you can do for five minutes, 10 minutes, maybe you can do an elliptical or maybe you can do something else. So I always like to see people start with movement. I just, I, I think the psychological stuff surrounding food is just a massive barrier of entry for anyone to control when they clearly, when they, when they very clearly have ha- have struggled with it their whole life, you know, um, that is a very, very, like, that's going to take a long time, but for us just to ingrain a little bit of exercise into your life, it's not going to take any longer than like two weeks. Mm-hmm. If you do it for two weeks straight, you'll, you, you might be quote unquote cured. You might have your RX to get you headed in the right direction. Um, it's not going to solve all your problems walking twice a day or three times a day for 10 minutes. Um, but it, it's a good start in the right direction from there. Yes. You have to start to be aware of the foods that you're purchasing from the grocery store. Um, there's so many different ways you can tackle all of these things. The easiest way, in my opinion, if you don't want to get too caught up with calculating stuff and getting caught up in numbers is just to buy stuff that does not have, uh, it doesn't come packaged and doesn't have nutritional information on it. (laughs) You know, I mean, sometimes the meat will even be packaged at the store and still have nutritional information on it, but 
I'm talking about like processed foods, like rather than worry about the 80 calories that you get from your goldfish, <laughs> just goldfish just aren't, they're just not, it's processed food. It can be part of a healthy plan, but I don't think it's a great place to start. I have seen people start with that and they count calories and they still do really well. But I think trying to nitpick and find all these like little cheat codes and cheat ways of doing things, I don't think is a good way to start out. So buy fresh foods, buy meat, buy vegetables, buy fruit. Um, if you're somebody that can, uh, if you're somebody that wants to gain muscle and train in the gym and stuff like that, then maybe you grab a hold of some potatoes and some rice and stuff like that too. But it's pretty simple, you know. Um, I think it's fairly simple. You're trying to be protein minded. Try to be protein first. So when you do go to the grocery store. You're going to buy, be buying a chicken and lean cuts of steak and um, maybe some bacon, maybe some eggs. Um, I've done, you know, I've done a lot of different styles of diet, a lot of different styles of eating when it comes to like keto, carnivore type stuff. And ultimately, through eating Piedmontese, I've learned that just cutting back on those fat calories has helped me to be way leaner than I ever have before. <laughs> I'm not talking about cutting the fat calories out because that would be a huge mistake, but just cutting them back. I mean, I was probably eating two, 300 grams of fat every day without question. And maybe even sometimes even more because I was eating like fatty ribeyes and bacon and cheese mm -hmm. and things like that. And since that time, you know, since the time that we've met up with some of the people at Piedmontese and had them sponsor the podcast and stuff, uh, Piedmontese steaks for those people that aren't aware, they're just a lot leaner, a lot leaner steaks. Um, you know, take a, take a ribeye from Piedmontese versus a regular ribeye. It's at least half the amount of fat, which would, uh, you know, cut down the calories tremendously. So still always be cautious of the overall amount of food that you're eating. The only things that I would say might be free are very, very lean sources of protein that aren't accompanied by other calories. So that would be like a whey protein shake, egg whites, non-fat cottage cheese, non-fat yogurt. Some of those things kind of fall into that category maybe a chicken breast, maybe turkey, maybe very, very lean sources of red meat. Um, and then your other freebies would be vegetables. Like eat, th eat those things, eat lean proteins and eat vegetables and, until you are going to fucking explode. <laughs> you know, just eat, eat them. Like if you're not used to vegetables, you're not used to eating large amounts of protein, just be cautious, take your time going into it because you're going <clears> to <throat> blow your asshole out. <laughs> I don't want to see any more blown out assholes and, you know, I'm tired of people um, <laughs> blaming me for it. <laughs> tired of getting those DMs too. Those prolapse buttholes. Yeah. Really getting to be brutal. That's not good for anybody. But those are all good places to start uh, when you go to the, when you go to the grocery store and then just also give yourself some sort of out some kind, like, you know, don't think like, I'm just going to start on Monday and I'm never going to look back. You think about looking back right from the beginning, you know, so you don't have to get set back, you know, just when you start this mission on Monday that you claim you're going to do, maybe you're like, you know what, on Thursday, I'm going to take, I'm just going to eat like a, a cheat meal. What's my first cheat? Like, think about, you'll be so excited. That'll be your main focus, which is kind of ridiculous because you're only on a diet for like three and a half days, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> But that'll be your focus. Like, well, what am I going to eat on Thursday? I'm, and then Saturday morning, you wake up and eat some fucking Cocoa Pebbles or something, you know? Mm. And get back on to your, see, Andrew's all excited. And get back on to your shit. <laughs> Just definitely not Cinnamon Toast Crunch. No. Yeah, that's Too out. much. 
No, that was great, man. Thanks for all the information. I don't know if you have anything else to add, but that was, um, that shit was gold, man. I think that's it, man. Um, pretty simple stuff. I want to finish off with, uh, this is, uh, from Alan Watts. Um, this is, uh, I think a little bit related to, uh, what we're talking about today. Um, why do you want to be better? (laughs) The reason you want to be better is the reason why you aren't. That hurts. (laughs) That's very hurtful. Thank you, Alan Watts. No, um, I just think that, uh, if we if we knew what was best for us, we would probably be doing it. And there's something that's holding you back that's not allowing you to do the best for yourself. So you gotta I would like for everybody listening to this today, just try to think about like what is that what is your yin and yang? What is that there's some sort of fucking negative something or other somewhere that's not allowing you the freedom that you want. Because if if you could lose weight and be in this tremendous shape that you think you really want to be in, um, you would be doing it, but there's some, something's you're scared to do it. You don't believe you're worth it. There's something, but if you can find some answers to that, uh, then I think you'll be heading down the right path because then you actually know what's best for you. Strength is never a weakness. Weakness is never a strength. Catch you guys later. Bye.